whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars. Bobby scores. The good old hockey game. Oh, good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. All right, here we go. Vegas Hockey Hotline, Hotline AM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot, a treat for us. Anytime it can happen, but jump started a brand new week. We have tracked down Waldo. <laughs> baseball games in New York. I don't know. Football games, baseball games in San Francisco. He's all over the place. But to get him jump started, our pal Dennis Bernstein. They're laying the ice today at T-Mobile Arena. Giddy up. I mean, yeah. it's not far away, bud. No, it's not. By the way, in regards to this song, wasn't it Dave Shane who asked us about Bobby, who Bobby was? Yeah. I, I did some weekend. I gave myself the Is homework. Bobby Hall? I, I was not able or to Bobby find Bobby I, I looked. They said either or. But any, any, I, I looked everywhere I could think to look, and there was no clear indication as to who it was. But but the information that I did find said it's either or. Well, well that makes well, sense. Not, well, not or or, but. Um, all right, now you got me doing research. All right. Well, while he's sitting on hold here, you can wait one second. All right. Stop and Tom Connors. Right, where's where's he from? Oh, he's from Saint John, Canada. Uh, he's from New Brunswick. Yeah, so it wasn't like a Manitoba thing, or right. And so I, I, I could, I would imagine it's probably Bobby Orr. That'd be my, that'd be my that, guess. That would, that was kind of my first thought too. What, where, where is Hull from? Do we know? Are they? Are they well, he played in Winnipeg. Okay. I, I, anyway, I, I couldn't find an answer. No, no, well, one, no see, one seemed to maybe, know for sure. I, oh you know, yeah, maybe you never know. Maybe. Maybe the man himself knows. In a past life, he was himself. If opportunity knocks and he's not home, opportunity waits. He gave his father the talk. He is the most interesting man in hockey. Even in the offseason, he takes the phone call. Dennis Bernstein, do you know? It, it, I I don't know I I don't know. It's got to be Bobby Orr. I'm not good with trivia. No, it's yeah, got to be Bobby maybe. Orr. Okay, that'd be my guess. So my friend, we're only a month away, buddy. Short off season. And I knew it. I knew it. I was on SiriusXM all all summer with uh, Steve Coolidge and I told him there was going to be an offer sheet and voila we get an offer sheet and the best offer sheet ever <laughs> okay okay yes yes and then we'll get to the serious aspect of it so mm-hmm. they're trolling the Canadians who offer sheeted aho they release mm-hmm. it in French for starters then the quote from Waddell is literally word for word mm-hmm. the words that Bergevin used when they offer Sheet at Ajo. They offer him a $6.1 million deal with a $20 million signing bonus, which is Ajo's number. All right, the Dundon guy is a clown, 
All right, and Waddell's getting sucked into this. The okay, it's funny and creative from a social media aspect. Mm-hmm. But what the hell are they doing, Dennis? Kind of Kiemi, six point one million. The guy's a three three and a half million dollar player. They bailed Montreal out. If I'm Montreal going, he's yours. I ain't going eight million over the cap by signing that. And oh, by the way, I can use that first and third and go get myself a 35 goal scorer. If not, swing for the moon and use that as more bullets in a package for Eichel. What's Carolina well, doing? Think, well, it's it's revenge for for jamming them up with Aho. I understand I mean, that, but you're is. biting your nose off to spite your face. Not necessarily. You know, they have another six million dollar winger on the third line. Stahl's making six, his cap at $6 million a year, so they could take it on. And if you look at it from a hockey standpoint, forget the revenge, is I think it's amazing. And you want to talk about rivalries? Well, there's definitely one rivalry now between the two ownership groups. Um, you have a kid who would slide in as the third-line center, and if he has a decent season, right, you can extend him, and not at $6 million a year. So I, from a hockey standpoint, it's not a terrible move. Right now, if if I'm if I'm Carolina and I'm Dundon, I'm I'm really gonna take care of the Martin Neshkos extension right now because here's a kid who's coming off his ELC who had 41 points in 53 games, and if I'm Montreal, I'm going back at him again. I'm gonna offer see that kid if they can't come to a deal with him. I'm probably gonna offer him 6.1 million per year for one year. So um, it's not like it's not totally a revenge screw you move. Like this kid would, if they, if uh, Montreal wanted the compensation, he would slot in as their third line center behind Aho and Trocheck. But the problem is, if he has a really good season, you're probably going to lose Trocheck on a deal. Um, but it's something the owner wants, and you know, BB, Dom Dundon paid for the right to do this, and I'm oh, sure. Oh no, it's his toy. GM, it's right? his toy. Right? It's his toy. So. You know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the player. I, th- I think if I'm a Montreal fan, I'm a little pissed because you know the twenty dollar signing bonus. You're, you're part and parcel. I know you want to go get paid, and I'm all for that because it's a limited career for these players. But you were a little bit of a party to this, and maybe some of it is also a little bit of resentment for getting scratched in the Stanley Cup final as well when you're talked about as, as one of the players from the future. But you know, look, if you look at it from a, a dollars and cents standpoint. Is that player worth six point one million dollars this year? Well, hell no. Like you said, he's he's. I think you're generous at three million. He's probably would probably come in at about one and a half, two million for you know fifteen goals, uh, five goals, fifteen assists, twenty in fifty six games, and got scratched in the playoffs. Yeah, I get it. But look, you know, you want to play the game with offer sheets. This is what happens, and you could. I guess Bergevin wasn't ready for it. I guess, but I mean, if Bill Foley, if they did that around here. We'd be dropping a medicine ball on him, and I mean it. I mean, I mean, to this day, we sit here and go, "Yep, Thomas Tatar, a first, two seconds, a third, and Nick Suzuki added up the Max Patch already." You know, right? No bueno. That's way too much. All right, that's what. That's how it shook out. They're not. They're not all going to be home runs, but that's just stupid, if you ask me. I... Well, I don't think it's. I think it, part of it is like. If you're going to do this to our team, we're going to strike back at you. Now, the question is... Well, what impact does it have? Yeah. What, does, it, does, does this dissuade that guys well, going, oh, my God, we don't, want to go, we don't want to go into that murky swamp? I mean, or, or do offer sheets come back now? 
Well, maybe they do come back. I, I don't think I don't think this episode would deter somebody from offer sheeting um, uh, Elias um, Patterson, uh, the kid in, uh, in in Patterson, or on the back and behind him, maybe use. I think that's the that Quinn Hughes and that that's the concern. If you're like a Vancouver, like not only have to worry about if it's Pedersen if you can't come to a deal with the kid, but behind him you. So this may be a, a toy to implement. And not only that, it, it, the compensation, the way it's been relaxed, it's less compensation now than it was back in the day, right? So I think that's part of it as well. Is that you don't have to really you could go up to ten million and not still leverage the farm. Um, with respect to Montreal, look, if I'm Montreal, you know what I do? I say thank you. Um, thanks for your time. We want the compensation. I take that first. I call Washington. I say, can you retain some money? Give me, give me $2 million to retain on Kuznetsov, and I'll give you this first-round pick and something else. That's what I would do as I have Montreal because now they've, you know, they've gotten, they, they still hold on to a first-round pick, and to be totally frank, He's a way better center than Kakanyemi is. That's what I would do if I was Montreal right now. I'd take the first and the third. I will the first plus to get Kuznetsov. I'd ask because Kuznetsov's cap at 7'8". You're not going to swallow that, but they want to move on from him anyway. You could probably get some retention on it, and you improve the team with a legitimate number two center. That's what I would do because, you know, the thing is they have a hole in the middle. The, the, the thing that jams up Montreal, BB, is the guy here in, in L.A. is Dano. Dano left. Right, so you only have Suzuki. If Kakanyemi left, now you got to fill two centers positions with a Ryan Paling and who else? So, but that—that's what I would do. But I, I'm not a fan of that player. That player has not produced. He was the third overall pick in 2018. He has not been. He's not played to that level. Yeah, he's scored some big goals in the in the postseason, but he's not a number two. He's clearly not a number one. And Dennis, he was a healthy scratch two. in the final. Yeah, I know. So he's a three to me, and he's a third overall pick. So if I get a first and third for that play, fine. But the problem is, is that you'd have two holes in the middle in Montreal if you don't match it, and you only really have to swallow this for one year, right? I know some people are crazy talking about the qualifying offer, but you're not going to qual. If he has another season like he did this season, I don't even know if you would even qualify him. Would you come back and say, "Look, we're not going to qualify you. We're not going to pay you 6.1 million for a second season with this type of productivity." But we'll give you $3 million a year for three years or something like that. So I think that people are overplaying the fact that he will be arbitration eligible and he will be up for a qualifying offer at $6.1 million next year. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I, if I'm the player, I'd be concerned about producing and staying in the league because if he gets 6-1 and he has another season like this, you know, he's going to be a fourth-line player somewhere. I give them credit for the creativity and you know, going to the chuckle hut with this. I mean, oh, I love it's it. pretty funny. Yeah, but I, I, I absolutely from a love business it. Yeah. sense. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? It's smart from a Carolina standpoint if you think Montreal is going to be a threat in the Eastern Conference. Because right now, let's look at their center ice position, right? Without Kakanyemi, Suzuki, Jake Evans, Cedric Paquette, and Alex Belzeal. Okay. That that's that's not going to get you to the postseason. So yeah, you know what? It, it jams up Montreal. It, it doesn't. I don't think that Bergman saw this coming. Absolutely not. But I, I get it from a competitive standpoint. If they work not to match and take the picks, they are not making a playoff with that center uh, center ice alarm. And that's why I'm thinking that they would go get. And yeah, they could talk to the Buffalo about Jack Eichel, but you know, we still don't know when would Jack Eichel be ready to play if he's going to do that surgery, BB. So I think that's part of the issue. Is All right, that, well, let's, um, let's go there then. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. 
because the minute uh, Eichel changes agents last week to Pat Brisson, our buddy Mike Carrington, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me because hockey, it is such an old boys network. Mm-hmm. It's who you sure. know. It's what you trust. Mike Harrington immediately tweets out from Buffalo that Bergevin and Brisson are best of friends. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Great. That's fine. All right. There's tentacles there. Well, Brisson's kid's a first-round draft pick with the Golden Knights, too. You know, I mean, but what what do you believe Eichel, and by the way, this was reported over the weekend, this one fell through the cracks very quietly, the league, the NHLPA, uh, Eichel and the Sabres did meet last week, and the one Mm -hmm. thing that's readily apparent here, uh, Eichel is not taking this thing to arbitration because he knows he will lose. You know, I mean, he can be mad at the Sabres. He should be mad at the NHLPA. This is collectively bargained where they make the right. decision whether he or not he has a specific type of surgery. So mm-hmm. now it comes down to what do you think Brisson could do to be a difference maker to possibly uh, persuade someone to jump in the waters here Get yeah. him and give him give him the surgery he wants because other than that, Dennis, they don't have to do a doggone thing. He's theirs, and and Eichel can stew all he wants. You know, he can stew making ten million bucks, but if he wants to get on with his life, I'm not worried about the no move clause down the road. <laughs> they're not going to give this guy away, right? No, they're not. And I think Patton played to facilitate a trade to a team that will take him on take on his cap hit, want to pay the, what the asking price is, and most importantly, agree to the surgery. I think that's what Pat's probably doing right now. Is there a team out there? Like, look, the Sabres aren't willing to risk it, okay? I'm, I'm sure there are some teams that probably are. Um, and you've got to identify those teams. You've got to identify the, the asking price is legitimate. He's there to facilitate Jack's exit from Buffalo, not to stay there, right? That, I mean, well, he, here's, and, the, here's and, the hand of poker they're playing. And I... And I I think there's another mini window, a deadline coming up before camp starts. The teams that are on the fence, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Brisson can push them. Right. But Buffalo's price is not going to come down. And I get it. It's a big risk the whole nine yards. But they are they are in no hurry to do this. And if he starts with the Sabres and the season gets going, and he's they don't want him around the room anyway, Dennis. They hold yeah. out hope. They draw a line in the sand. The price remains the price. And if nobody else jumps in and does it, then you let them have the surgery. You let them have the disc replacement thing. Because what's the difference? You, you, nobody's doing dealing with you now. Let them have that surgery. It's a five-week recovery period. He comes back. He's healthy. He plays good. The price of poker goes through the roof. So, you know, unless somebody's willing to say, because you're not going to – nobody's trading for him with, with all the risk. But you're not going to trade for the guy and then give him the fusion surgery. You're, now you're going to bring a guy in there and he's going to be a pouty, miserable baby? You know, I mean, if, if anybody trades for him, he's getting that surgery. He's getting the disc replacement yeah. surgery. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you have to find a team that's willing to, take, that, to say, yes, we agree with your physicians and we want you on this team and – 
and we move on. But again, it's see, it's not just one thing though. It's not one domino. Like three dominoes have to happen, right? The real true. I mean, I can't even tell you when the, when the drop-dead date is. I would think the drop-dead date is this time next year when there's no movement clause clicks in because you don't want this player to have more control of the situation, right? And it also depends maybe on what the team that acquires him because certain teams that trade for him, like Vegas, you'd want him for game one. Like, but if it's Anaheim or Calgary or even L.A., which I doubt – like you could sit and wait for two months for the player to come back in December. Why couldn't Vegas do that? Vegas, Vegas should be an investigation if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, they've got the luxury. Yeah. I know Tuck's out, but I mean, Vegas has the luxury of time. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. Well, do they? It depends who they would trade up there. If they traded Carlson and I don't know, and you know, two of their Fords, and you didn't have them for two months. You might you might be risking the first the, the the one seed to Edmonton. So it depends on what that trade would be. I get it. Like they should, and I agree with you, BB. Vegas should win this this division in a walk. But if you're offloading three assets and two of them are NHL top six players, and Tuck's already out unless he's part of that deal, then 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 there's some questions if the team is going to win in the breeze. And I don't think you want that because I, I think like of all the teams. Given what happened with Flurry, like you got, you want to win the first eight out of ten. Like so, you don't want to offload assets who will be playing on this team. Wait on Jack Eichel, play, go four and six in your first ten games, and let's say Leonard loses five of those games. Like oh boy, you can imagine like the fan reaction and the media reaction. Oh, they traded the wrong guy. It's a, it's a you know sinking ship, whatever. So I think you got to be careful because you know what? You ha- and the other thing, BB, is that. You have to consider what the Vegas room is like right now. Like, are they all on the same page? Flurry leaves, Reeves leaves. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Do you want to put Jack into that situation right now? I know there are a ton of other veterans here, but given all the flux that's going on and now the reputation of this team, to throw in a, a guy who's, you know, look, I think certainly – the Vegas room could carry a guy like Jack Eichel, and I think you put him in a winning atmosphere. And I, I, I don't think I think the issues that he had in Buffalo go away. I don't think he's a spoiled brat. And remember, if he's healthy, BB, he's the, he's the guy that made Jeff Skinner rich. He's the guy that got Jeff Skinner seventy-two million dollars. I don't oh, Dan, Dennis, that. hey, you're yeah. you're preaching to to the converted. I've been in here trying to tell anybody who listen, my the the. Fine gentleman sitting next to me, I'm sitting there staring at. I don't want to give up Peyton Krebs, and I don't want to. I'm like, if this guy's healthy, Come on. you'll never mention Peyton Krebs' name again. I said, this guy, they had the number one power play in the league on the worst team in the league two years running. Why? Him. What does yeah, Vegas' yeah. problem? The power play. He's an 80 point player when he's healthy. He's a superstar. Bare minimum. He's a top five center in this league. Yeah, he's a, he's a top five center in this league. I know people don't like him because of the, the attitude and, and the body language and the, the media availabilities. But again, he's going through an injury. And I look, I asked point blank that when Craig Button was on with me and Steve Cooley's on SiriusXM, I asked him about LA. And, and the stopping point in the LA trade was Quentin Byfield. And I know that Craig loves Quentin Byfield and thinks he could be, you know, a guy like a Kopitar or a Malkin. I said, would you, would you put uh, Quentin Byfield in a trade for Jack Eichel? He goes, are you kidding? Of course I would. Like, maybe, maybe Quentin Byfield's top end is Jack Eichel. But Jack Eichel's Jack Eichel, and that's the thing. Like, so, so yeah, I would, I've advocated for the player because I think that, again, 
you put them in better situation what they have in Buffalo. I, I think the personality traits and all the and the attitudinal issues that he might have. But you know, he, you know, BB. I mean, you know Buffalo inside and out. Dude didn't have no attitude issues when he carried that team on his back and was an MVP candidate, what, three seasons ago. Nobody talked about his attitude then because he carried that team. He was an MVP candidate up until the last few weeks. Hey, hey Dennis, I'm heartbroken. I I mean, I'm telling you, it's must-see TV for me. I want to go home and watch. I mean, I watched them play. If they're a plotty, boring, and even if they're they're horrible, they've been, you know, record-wise, you know, Mm I've watched every shift of every game. It's it's like must-see TV for me. And that was to go home because I want to see, what is Eichel going to do tonight? I mean, right. the guy yeah. is worth the price of admission. He's like, it's you know, you can be a, you can be the devils with the left-wing walk in, a lock and win hockey games. That's great. At the end of the day, you held up a trophy. But, I mean, it's boring. I mean, it, you, this guy will entertain you. Oh yeah, he he he's 24 years old. He's got 355 points. He's got 139 goals already. I mean, look at his before last season. Look at his three. See, look at the last two seasons: 28, 54, 36, 40. He's a point and a half play healthy. If and if if yeah. I get, it. he is a point and a half, uh, a point and a half a game player. What a bum team! Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I get I like that's why I'm one of the few in the minority in LA and saying, yeah, I make that I make that trade. I give up my best prospect. I throw in a couple of NHL players for this guy. If he's healthy, I mean, and I've always mitigated by the fence saying, yeah, well, I don't know about this surgery. I'm not a surgeon. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I don't know. Right? I'm not a spine surgeon. So, but but for me, I look at that last season, the last two seasons. I'm like, yeah, he could carry it. And and here in LA. Like Kopitar's got three years left on his deal. Jack got five. Like you, so Kopitar and Eichel down the middle. Like for the next three seasons, a minimum. Like you're making the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like that's no doubt. Here they talk about maybe. No, right? no I mean, there's no no question you would make the playoffs if the guy's healthy. But again, the the problem is that there's there's so many moving parts to this situation, this scenario. But I can't just say, hey, look, this is a, you make the trade, you pay the guy, and because there's, there's additional risk because of his health. And I get, oh, that's a that's a career-ending injury. I'm like, I don't think Stevie, so. Stevie, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, no, but poor, yeah. I mean, Stevie's like, I, I pointed at him three Stevie's times. Like, no, he's here. I mean, but, but I will say this to you. In a weird sort of way, I give Adams credit. He's drawn a line in the sand. He, yeah. he, he, not him. They lost the O'Reilly trade. They screwed up the Evander Kane trade. You cannot let this guy, I mean, just losing this guy for starters, you better you better replace him with a team, yep. and you know yep. okay, but the, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, you just but the the point remains this stupid surgery. I think Adams is doing a good move by drawing the line in the sand that there's one more potential bidding war that comes up here right mm-hmm. before camp. Agreed. All right? right. I mean, if Calgary yeah. or the Kings or the Ducks or Vegas or Minnesota or the Rangers or the Canadians, there's a chance for one more bidding war. And maybe Brisson has the relationships to convince these teams. Let them. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is with the disc replacement thing, if it doesn't work, if it works, He's playing hockey again in five weeks because immediately after the surgery he wants, they want him moving his neck. 
if he gets fusion surgery, you're in one of those halos. They don't want you moving. Right. So that's a two-month right. thing, okay? But the bottom line is if the replacement thing doesn't work, the fallback is you give him the fusion surgery and he'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. Now, he may have stiffness and his career five, six, seven, eight years down the road is shorter, maybe, but he's going he's to come back and play hockey. That's without doubt. Yeah, and he's only got five years left on his deal. It's not like you're committing to $80 million over eight years here. He's got five years left. He, he takes him to free agency at 29. So to me, I'm like, wow, you can get this guy at the prime of his career, like, and, and you can, he can walk in five years? Great, sign me up. And you know my stance. I've only wanted to give players five-year deals. More than that, I think there's too much risk involved and there's too much downside. So to me, it's like from a contract standpoint, and you, know, and you, can, you can squeeze a, most player teams – can do the machinations to fit a $10 million player under their cap if you're sending players back, NHL players back, whatever. So to me, like five years in the prime of his career, that's a deal I would make. But again, it's like it, there's too big of an if here with respect to the yeah, – yeah, that's why the whole thing isn't really about price or term or attitude. It's about you know, what the medical is here and, and how do you go forward and come to a resolution. That's stopping the whole thing. All right. I- I've got to do this because I've made him sit on the shelf here. Here's Stevie. <laughs> hey, Dennis, I'm wondering what your sources over at the fourth period are telling you about Minnesota. Are they still involved in Eichel? Are they, are, are they still talking? What's up with Kaprizov? And then, and then the Fiala, I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall from Garen. The Fiala one-year $5 million deal tells me that there's more moves coming here. Um, look, no, I think the move is you've got to bring back Kaprizov, Stevie, right? I mean, that's the thing. So I think that the issue is not about um, they want him longer than he wants to play here. Right. right? I mean, he, and I don't think he, after all the success he's had and he loved playing in Minnesota, his teammates love him. He galvanized the franchise. I don't think he's going back to the KHL. I think that's because you know what? You would have already. Right? Yeah. What's he waiting for? Like he would have, he would have taken that money. This season, I think, is about to start. So why wouldn't he just take that money and go back? He doesn't want to go back there. Like, no, he well, definitely did, doesn't want to go back there. Did, yeah. Didn't the KHL team say last week that they actually did not have that money? Yeah, probably. You know, no, they, no, no. The they KHL said they didn't even. They said there were no negotiations. Oh, okay. About, about a oh, month no. ago, somebody was saying, "Oh, somebody's offered him ten million dollars," and the and the the team's like, "No, we're not even. We haven't even negotiated with them." No, that's all over the table, under the table to the story, because that's what they do in the KHL. But, yeah, look, you got to bring the player back, right? And the good thing, the thing that helps Billy Guerin is it's either the NHL or the KHL. There's no other options. He can't be offer-sheeted or anything like that. It's a matter of term. And he, wants a, he wants a shorter term. He like probably three to four years. And Billy, for rightfully so, he's 24 years old. He wants to lock him up for, you know, six or seven. And I think that's the stopping point. They, they have the cap space to do it. Um, Fiala, yeah, look, he's going to be, he's also, he's, look, he's arbitration eligible again at the end of this contract. You know, um, it, it's a fair price of $5.1 million. Do I think they're in the deal for Jack Eichel? I, I don't know. I mean, okay, so you're going to put Joel Erickson Eck in there, right? You're going to have to put Matt Dumba in there. I, I, I'm not sure that's the, the right trade for this team at this point in time. I, I, I know that it's been whispered and, and thought about. I, I just, me, Stevie, I, I don't see it. I, I just I think there's too many NHL parts you'd have to take off this team. Um, and then is it, it, it even with the, the greatness of Jack? And I do think he's a great player. Are they incrementally better? Like, I'm not sure to be honest with you. 
The other issue for me with with Eichel is would Buffalo even consider an Eastern Conference team, or is he definitely going west for them to move him? No, he's absolutely – he'll go anywhere. He'll go anywhere. They can say all they want. Dennis, you agree with this. If they can say all they want. I mean, if, if they can get the farm back for him, they'll trade him in the division. Maybe not Boston. You know, they, they may stick a fork in him because that's his home thing. But, I mean, you know, if, if, if they, you know, if Bergerman goes crazy stupid, I, you know, they got to get it. They got to. Montreal, make, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not worried I, I about where he goes. I don't think that's a barrier at this point in time. Right. Because if you're making the team, if you believe in the trade makes, it be, makes your team better, Stevie, then you make the trade. Because it is just one player and it's a 23-man squad. So if you get, and again, like BB mentioned, like you ha- you can't blow this trade though. That's the other risk. You can't have another Ryan O'Reilly trade where you basically get back Tage Thompson for Ryan O'Reilly, who you know won the con smiles. You can't do it. So I get that part of it, but I, I think that look, it, I agree with would be. I think at some point Kevin Adams has to set a deadline, call up all the interested parties, saying we're well, going to trade Jack by this date. Give me your best offer. Accept the best offer. Move on from this player. That's what I would do. Like the thirty first anyway. Like what's the? I mean, so to me, they're going nowhere this it. year. They got a the pro, the prospects are good. There's you know it, it's a rebuild and just enhance the rebuild right now. That's what this is all about. So they and grow they up got, and be good together. And they've got ten unrestricted free agents at the end of this year. Then, Both goalies, four defensemen and four forwards. The forwards really of no consequence except for maybe Cody Eakin. Like this is a rebuild. It's and that's how do you re, how do you rebuild? You trade your best I mean, asset for multiple assets. By by next year, Dennis, the power kid shows up. Maybe you give Jack Quinn, who was eighth overall last year, another year in Rochester. Mm-hmm. You just uh, you know you just had two first round picks. There. You get the kid they got from Sweden, and depending on what you get back here, I mean you're sitting here you know with a bevy of first round draft picks with a young team growing yeah. up together. I mean, you know, so you're, it's a rebuild. It's as simple as that. They're going nowhere. So they know they're including, going nowhere, so they're yeah. willing to ice them. They don't care. Including including Jack right now, to start of 22-23, they have seven players under contract, including Jack. they got to get to the floor. Yeah, they, yeah. so to me, that I, I, I like – I just think you got to put an end to this. And, yeah, you could bring him back. And, yeah, he could start the season in Buffalo. But is that how you're going to be building your culture with a coach that you like and, and this team succeeded without Jack Eichel last season? Um, I, I, I don't – the culture part, the off-ice stuff, the locker room stuff, I, I don't get it because, like, he's going to walk in a room not wanting to be there with all the – and, the, you know, the constant I, No, I, I get all that. I get all that. But if the deal's not consummated before the start of the season – and you want the price of poker to go through the roof, and this guy really wants to get the hell out of there, he's got to show up and play and play well. And then uh, the... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I tell him to stay home. I tell him to stay home. Do the surgery. Well, you got to prove he's healthy somehow. Well, he's ready to play, but we're not going to play him. Well, that's fine. Because we want to train him. That's what I would do. To be honest, I'd keep him off the ice. Hey, what I'd is going on? Where... i got to ask you yeah. this, my friend. I mean, no knock on either one of these guys. But Neil Pionk, four, $5.8 million a year, and Darnell Nurse, nine point eight, nine and a half. Whoa, wh- yeah. What are they drinking well, up at these cottages? 
Well, but Pionk played really well for Winnipeg. I, I, I get, look, the Darnell Nurse thing, is that overpriced? Yeah. But again, it's a situation where you want players to stay around, and he's playing with Conor McDavid. Yeah, was that high? To me, like, yeah. But Darnell had a really good season this year. That, that's the one thing. He had, to me, he had a career year in a contract year. I mean, that, 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 you that's nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Contract year, sixteen, twenty, and fifty-six for a defenseman. That's damn good. That that that's a contract year, and they they. The problem they is his next contract year is eight years away. <laughs> I I know I know, but that's and he got caught up in the market, right? Jeez. They got caught up in the market because everybody got good nine. Lord. Seth Jones got nine. What Warinsky got a lot of money. So they were at a point where if they lose that player. Like who's who's left? Like they brought back Tyson Berry. Like that's the one guy they're leveraging on right now. I mean, they they to me it was just market conditions. Is that if you were a defenseman in your prime, and Darnell Nurse is twenty six, you were getting nine million. I like, could have been less, I guess. Did he overpay? We'll find out. But he had a great season last year. He really emerged last season. So when you emerge and you're in a contract season and you're 26 years old on the fringe of a free agency, like, that's what you get. So hey. I don't blame – and I like – and Pionk, I, I don't blame Winnipeg because that kid had a really good season. Like, he played better than Jacob Trouba, the guy they traded for. Uh, he used him to deal for. So uh, that, that, to me, that's a good price deal. I'm not making you, you know, this moral arbiter – and okay. I'm not convicting the guy in the court. Of, I mean, the, well, there's the court of public opinion, but I mean, it's a marital thing, and you know, those things get nasty and ugly. But I mean, yep. it's just a constant, constant onslaught with this guy. Is a Vander Kane? I mean, at at what point is he just? I know winning is what matters. But is is there a point coming where there's not a team in the league that says, I don't want any part of this? Well, here's the thing, though. Did you see Evander Kane playing last year? He had a great... Season. I know. He's a difference he had, maker. He had 22, no, I get it. And I, I get it. It's all, it's all so, the nonsense. I know, but you can't control someone else in the marital spat. And do you really think that if he was betting against his team that he would have put up those numbers? I don't no, buy that. I'm not, no, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that either. I'm, no, that one. I, I again. I think. I think. Yeah, a lot of stuff's getting thrown at him. And again, I mean, so maybe all this stuff comes out, but it it's endless, Dennis. It's every, everywhere he's been. It's endless. So what do you do? You can't trade him, right? I mean, that that's you're not going to be able to trade the guy. Right, and he's got a limited. No, I mean, you know, it's just there's, there's his no trade clause. It's a list of three teams it can be traded to, right? That that's his no, no trade clause. So you're not going to move him. The guy's producing. If he comes on the, is he going to be a distraction in the room? I don't think so. No, if you guys in San Jose think he's a good teammate, comes in, plays hard, whatever. So there's nothing you can do. And to be honest with you, at that level of production, seven million dollars for a left winger. Number one, left he's wing. a horse. It's a good deal. I mean, yeah, the money wise, it's a good deal. It's See, just, it's. Baby, the... I don't think the players care. Once they get on the ice with them, I don't think they care about this stuff. I, I, don't, I really don't think they care about this stuff at all. I, I think they just look past it. And is he a good guy in the room? And is he not selfish? And can he play in the team concept? I, I don't think that. 
guys like you know Logan Couture and and remember Couture and Burns and Vlasic they've been with him for a while, right? I mean he's been there four years. So if he was this bad guy, they would have got him out of there by now. So I think it's just unfortunate that this stuff goes public. And I think you deal with it, and you try to shelter them from the media. And, and again, I think they fortunate in one respect that San Jose is not a very big media market. Oh, I know. Um, I and, mean, hey, and, 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 no, and honestly, yeah. 90% of this could be hooey. But yeah. I, I don't I, know, I, man. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just at some point it's, well, it's, it becomes media, diminishing that's what, returns. That's what happens. It's, it's social media. It's the wife, the ex, strange wife goes out on social media and makes these accusations. No, I, I get, I get that, Dennis, but there have been a lot of other things. I mean, it's always something. I, I know. I'm... Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> he didn't like the argument. Wow. Evander Kane cut the cake. <laughs> or the wife. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the number. He's smart. He knows it. We only got the who call back. Hmm. Let's go. Oh. So he, he brought up the, the room here in Vegas with Flurry moving to Chicago. Do you think that there are I, – I, there's got to be players – on the VGK that are extremely unhappy that Fleury's not there anymore. Is, is that any kind of a factor here? And then what does Fleury do for the room in Chicago? In your mind, I would imagine you know, that Chicago is a little more lighthearted, has a little more fun. Maybe they play a little better because uh, they're feeling better in the room uh, in Chicago. It's definitely going to help them on the ice. We know that. Well... Again, it's going to be one of these things, Stevie. It's going to be one of these deals where winning kind of solves all things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like when Gallant went, they were winning all these games. Who, who was talking about Gallant? No one. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and Flurry's beloved, but if they're, you know, maybe if Leonard starts 9-1 and one and he's you need a BB gun to beat him. I mean, you know how that goes. Right. But I mean, Flurry's beloved. There's just no getting around it. Dennis is back. I don't know if that was a. I think, I think a Vander Kane cut the cable there. I don't know. No, no, it's his wife. It was his wife. So what, what's uh, the, the hot potato? What are the things you're watching for? The fourth period.com, A lot of cool articles, as always, even in the off season, are there. But. What are some of the prevailing stories you think crop up in the next three, three and a half weeks? I think that when we see the picks for the Stanley Cup, I think when you look at the best teams, like the best teams got worse this year. Colorado got worse, right? Um, Tampa, I, I don't know how, I mean, they still have a great core, but when you take that third line, if it's entirely off this team, like, how are they better than last season? Like, although some people are going to pick them for a three-peat, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and Vegas, are they better? I don't think so. They traded the Vezina winner. So I, I think that it's, it's going to be a total, like, toss-up for winning the Stanley Cup. And the team, I think I've mentioned this on the show last time I was on, I love Florida. I think that, you know, they made a great trade for St. Reinhardt. They, Aaron, and remember, they lost in six, and they gave Tampa all they could handle, and they played without Aaron Ekblad. So to me, that's a team to watch out for uh, with respect to I, – I, like, I, I really think they could do damage. Uh, I think Carolina could do damage. But I think it's wide open at this point in time. And then do we get some finale on the Olympics? It looks like we're going. Yeah, it's happening. Um, which to me – which is just – to me, it's just I, – I don't get it, to be honest I, with you. I, have, I, have, I, mean, I've, I've, I am a, such a big proponent of – I thought it was an immense mistake to not go to South Korea – 
I mean, I'm all in. These guys want to represent their country. I'm the biggest proponent of they should go. But on this one, I think they should say, have a nice day. I, I, I don't think they should do it, th- this one. Well, you look at, I mean, you look at what's going on in that country. I mean, that's the it. Stop and think about what's going on with the atrocities. Like, if you're Muslim in that country, what's going on? The concentration camps and the internment camps. I mean, I, I, to me, I don't get that. And nobody's ever stood up and said anything. And not only that, I don't think the players have seen the protocols they have to go through when they're going to go to Beijing. Like, I think they have to take the temperature under their arms three times a day. It's going to be a major, major task for them to go there. It's not going to be fun. I mean, I get it. I understand it. I mean, but it looks like they want to go. And look, and I will say this, they have every right to go. They collectively bargained for it. I understand that. But I'm I'm really interested to see the comments by the players who go about the experience there. They're going to be on lockdown the entire time. And to me, how, how is that? No. How is that enjoyable? Like, I'd much rather have them do the World Cup of Hockey in Toronto like we had in 2016. That was a great tournament. Like, you want a preseason, do a preseason tournament. No, don't break. And, again, I said you and I are on the same page, BB. Like, let's, let's get an 82-game season in normally without this disruption for three weeks. It's just to me. Oh, buddy, let me, let me tell yeah. you something. Football's ready to start. I am convinced – you know, they had four games, five games last year. They had to move back a couple of dates, and yet the Denver game was a train wreck without a quarterback. But right. I'm, I'm telling you, more individual guys. I don't know about team outbreaks, but you're seeing with the breakthrough cases, and this is going to bleed into mm-hmm. hockey too, a lot of individual guys are going to miss games. Like, this thing ain't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah for a while, yeah. I, I, just, I, I just think it's really ill-timed. And I, but but again, they collectively bargain for it. They want to go. The players want to go and play, and that's fine. I just think that I just think that there will be regrets from some players. I'm not sure they'll voice them, voice them publicly, but just the process they have to go through to to get this completed because they don't necessarily have to do this, right? And and, and you know, BB, I, I never bought this crap about it. It enhances or promotes the game. I just don't think so. Nah, it's, I, I don't it's think forgotten. That. It's forgotten in 20 minutes. You know what it is? It's a good tournament. It's a great yeah. tournament. But you know what I mean honestly what you're doing if you're going to if you you're although I think it's kind of foolish this time around but you're rewarding these guys they, there's nothing like for and hockey players are for the most part real honorable accountable guys it's mm-hmm. their chance to represent their country and it matters to them Yeah it matters to them but again it, you know it's a situation where even the the broadcast partners aren't even televising this. So it's, the, the, TNT and ESPN don't even get a benefit for it because it's on NBC and NBC Sports Network. So mm-hmm. to me, it's like even make, like when NBC had the games and had an NHL, I get it. Well, don't forget, don't forget they jerked the whole season around last year to get it done in a certain amount of time so they could do it. It's just like, plus, how much do you think the... ESPN and, and TNT are going to promote the Olympics from an NHL standpoint. No. I don't think they are. It's not in the best. It's, not, it's, like, it's just like ESPN didn't promote hockey for 17 years until they got it back. <laughs> I, I just the, the team that won in the bubble, Tampa, during the celebration are complaining about the bubble. This thing is going to be right. worse than that. Totally, So I I, I get it. I know the players want to represent their country. I think that's kind of clouding their decision on this. They're not completely thinking this all the way through. 
So he is the I man. Agree with you more. Dennis Bernstein, thefourthperiod.com. I got the invite. I, I couldn't get there. I know I'm going to see you soon. You're coming to town. That's cool. Yeah. But how the how the luau go? You had a, you had a big you had a Hawaii bash at your joint. We had a great time. We had about 50 people. Um, only one person wore a mask. So for the the mask, you know, mafia out there to can come get me. But we had a great time. We had a luau. We had Hawaiian food. We had fire dancer. We had hula dancers. It was great. Um, and then this past weekend, I just came back from Del Mar. And then next weekend, yeah, Giants, Dodgers, Friday, Saturday, then uh, to your city on Saturday and Sunday for Labor Day weekend. Patty Joe knows how to throw a bash. Amen. I'm a lucky man. <laughs> so listen, we love you, bud. It, it's a, we missed you, and it's nice yep. of you to take time today. It's heating up, buddy. It's coming soon. But we invite people to check out thefourthperiod.com at DennisTFP on Twitter. Pal, thank you for doing this. Stevie, Stevie, thanks for the time on Vegas Hockey Hotline. Really appreciate it. Love that yeah, guy. He got the name I of the show in there. He's a man. Hockey's heating up, Brian. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Well, it's 109, I think. Okay. That's that's not a good thing, though. You need to you need it to be cold. Oh, yeah. It's the slush games. <laughs> We're back in Tahoe all of a sudden. Don't forget, you're doing fantasy football drafts. Oasis 49.55 South Decatur. The banquet room's awesome. John Smith subs after 6 p.m., Six-inch subs are only five bucks. Check it out. 9701 West Flamingo. TC Ballpark coming up next. Stevie, you're the man. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Thanks to Dennis Bernstein. Have a great day, folks. <laughs>